Over the last couple of years, if it wasn't COVID, it was cut-down dates, and we kind of, we really missed uh, a visit with the uh, the guy that makes all the decisions over there at 1265, from Tom Bratz to Ron Wolf to Ted Thompson. I'm really happy that we can have the Packers general manager grace our fifth quarter stage again, and it is a pleasure to welcome back once again GM Brian Gutekunst to the fifth quarter. Hello, Brian. Thanks, Mark. Matt. It's good, yeah. to, be, it's good to be back. Yeah, it is great to be back. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, First thing I want to ask you, uh, I know it was a tough weekend last weekend. Uh, you and Jen okay with sending the daughter off to college? You're, you're <laughs> still recovering. Dry eye finally. Uh, still recovering. It's, uh, we don't go down to her room much. You know, we don't go, we don't go visit that. Um, but, but no, that's a that big moment. Huge moment. The life from, of a yeah. father and, son, and daughter yeah, and mother. Huge moment for me and my wife. Um, <laughs> that's great. Uh, we flew down there and, and dropped her off. And um, it was tough, tough leaving, but I held it together until she left. So that All was right. good. Where's she going to college? That's kind of a we'll keep that. Oh, okay. We, we don't need to get that out there. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, all right. But anyway, off yes. she goes. Off she goes. So you got a little more room in the house. Yes. That's nice. But anyway, congrats. And I know there's a few more on the way. Yes. Another one next yes. year. So you're going through it. All right, Brian. The first thing I want to ask you is that this just seems to me that since you took over this job in January of 2018. You had a coaching change. You had to kind of just change over from the Mike McCarthy to the Matt LaFleur thing. It started off gangbusters. But to me, this really feels this is your show now. This is really your group. There's only, I think, three guys on the roster that predate your hire as general manager. Are you feeling it that way, that you are finally have molded a roster? I know you were in the process to, yeah. to you know, win everything, you know. You talked about this the other day. We're all about championships, but I just have that sense. This is really your crack at the plate now. Yeah, you know, I've been I've been with the Packers for almost 25 years, yeah. and I've always felt very a part of it, like it was it was ours. Right. And uh, whether it was Ron or, or Ted or Mike Sherman, um, and I kind of feel that way now. Every team is a every year is a new team, and it's very much um, you know. A, a, there's so many people behind uh, the scenes that are so much a part of building that team. Um, so I've never really looked at it as hard. I just know that we have a huge responsibility to the organization, to that team, um, to the fans, um, you know, to, to, to get it right. And so I don't really look at it as mine. I look at it as ours. True. And, um, but very, very excited for this group. You bring up the same thing. Ron always talked about you are the stewards of a very special yeah. organization absolutely and you feel that from the day you, you get here I, mean, I came here as an intern in 1997 left for a brief period of time before i came back but like yeah i mean you feel that right away and it, and and the you know whether it was ron or ted i mean they they always made sure you were aware of that and um you know we know that the time we have here is just a, a brief period of time and a long history of the green bay packers but there's a standard that we have to upheld we have to do it the right way um, the honest way, um, and, and, and give it everything we got while, while our time is here. And I get a kick out of all the talk, especially this offseason, about rebuilding, reloading. You do it every year. Yeah. I mean, a third of your roster turns over every year. Yeah, that's the National Football League. If you look across the board, I mean, it's. Uh, I think you know we study this stuff kind of all the time, but I think on average you sign about 1.6 players from each draft class back to your team. You know, So when the draft class goes through, you really – you know, if you sign two of them back, you're 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 above average. So, um, it just you're 25 to 30 percent of your roster changes. You were over talking every second year. contracts. Yeah. Only one. Really? It, yeah. So it's very, it's very very. Um, it just moves, and you have to be able to move with it. And it, and like I said, every year is a new year. Um, so you know, saying goodbye to players is hard, but it's just kind of part of the National Football League. 
And this wasn't any ordinary offseason for you, Brian. You made the move. Uh, moving on from Aaron Rodgers after his fabulous, ridiculously fun to watch 18 year run. Um, how'd that decision weigh on you? Um, and, and how did you finally come to grips with actually pulling the trigger on yeah. that? Yeah, that's, those, those aren't easy. Um, that's a but, what, but what, since like you talked about, since 18, um, you know, whether we, you know, it was moving on from Mike McCarthy, COVID, all the things we've been through, it kind of seems like every year there's a major, major tough decision. And this was just one of the, uh, the ones that was up this year. Um, I think, you know, when you go through those things, you always try to do right by the organization first and by the player. Um, and that's, I think that was on the kind of the forefront of our minds as we went through that decision. And um, again, I think, um, you know, kind of looking where we're at now, um, certainly we think that was the right decision for the organization and we're excited to what this group can do this year. Jordan certainly hasn't disappointed, but did you consider everything and all the resources poured into keeping Aaron happy, keeping him here over the last two plus years, ever since that fateful draft night, that the returns were diminishing. You finally got an NFC Championship game at home and it didn't happen. You, you had a one seed and a division around and you didn't even make it last year and for a variety of reasons. But sure. did you sense that at all? Yeah, I think you know as you, as you get through a season towards the end of it, you certainly start to evaluate that season and then how you're gonna move forward. And I think, you know, obviously last year was a disappointing season for us. And to not make the playoffs to kind of the middle stretch of that year was tough. And so as we looked into the future and how we're going to be better and how we're going to get better so we can accomplish the goals we want to accomplish, it just got to a point where we thought this was the right path. All right. And you're on the path now. Matt? What is it about Jordan Love that makes you feel comfortable handing over the reins to him? Yeah, well, I think, well, first of all, it's, it's, it's just not to him. It's obviously the offense and the team as a whole. But I think, you know, Jordan, since he's gotten here, he's done, he, he's done everything the right way. Uh, he was kind of brought into a tough situation. He handled it right, uh, was very respectful, and just put his head down and went to work. And I think over the last, you know, really all the time that he's been here, but over the last year and a half, two years, the improvement that we saw on the field, um, and just kind of him becoming a true pro and how he approached the game um, gave us a really good sense that when, when his time came, he'd be ready for it. And, um, again, there's so much for him that he's going to see this year that he'll see for the very first time, um, and he'll have to work his way through that. Um, but uh, just kind of seeing how he attacked the other th opportunities that he's had, we feel pretty confident so about So you're it. scouting a guy like that who didn't play a ton at Utah State, to tell you the truth. How do you kind of project that progress, even though he's the apprentice? Yeah, I think, you know, certainly there's a certain physical skill set we're looking for when they're coming out that they kind of have to have to play at this level. And then you really, especially at the quarterback position, but really any position, you're, you're going to go really deep into who they are, their work ethic, and just kind of see, you know, what, what they've been in the past. Um, that usually translates to what they're going to be in the future. Um, and so we felt really good when, he, when we selected him. And um, I think just, again, the opportunities, whether it was in practice, whether it was um, in the, you know, film study, working out, all the different things that um, were presented before him, to see how he handled that, how he reacted to those things, um, he just kind of grew and grew and grew. And it was really good to see. I thought last year when, when um, Aaron was not there for the offseason, he was the kind of QB1 for that period of time, um, was really good. And then, then you know, last during the season last year, when Aaron really couldn't practice, uh, certainly Jordan was taking those reps. And I think at that point, we really started to see um, where he was in this progression. 
You mentioned that Jordan is going to see a lot of things this year that he hasn't seen before as a starter, but it, it has to have helped that he had the opportunity to pick Aaron's brain about what he had been seeing week after week and to just have that knowledge base yeah, I, I to think, work with. Yeah, just like Aaron did with Brad, I think. Right. When you have a chance to apprentice with a Hall of Fame player, one of the greatest to ever do it, I think that um, it just can't help but really further your game as well. Yeah, that goes beyond, okay, what you're seeing from a defense, but it's, it's, it's how to study, how to prepare, how to train, how to lift, how to just conduct how to be a pro with the yeah. media, how yeah. to do all of those kinds of things. Yeah, and, and you guys know, because you've been around a long time, that the demands that are placed upon a quarterback are much different than pretty much any other position in, in all of sports. So all those things, and and to and to find out what works for him, because what you know he has to find out what works for Jordan, not just what worked for other people, um, and that goes you know I think all we talk to our players a lot about their routines and how they their their own process, because each player is a little bit different in how they go about it, and if they don't find that, it's very hard to be successful over a 17 to 20 game season. Do you know if Jordan went on an ayahuasca trip in the off season? Is that? <laughs> I will stay away from that. Okay. All right. That may not have been something you no, learned I, from the I previous heard, quarterback. I heard the new Crick actually has a little darkness retreat room just oh. in case. No. Rumors. A lot of rumors. Just rumors? <laughs> just rumors? Okay. Of rumors. Yeah, that's for sure. But his play hasn't disappointed. Uh, I get asked about it almost every day. You know, how's he looking? How's he doing? And I said, there's been nothing to discourage me or dissuade me to think that he can't function at this level and no. be a proficient player. Yeah, no, Jordan, he's a very talented guy and very smart. Um, and obviously he's been in our offense for three years. I think it's a, it's a huge, um, you know, positive for him to be with Matt this whole time. It's not like we're switching coaches in a new system or anything like that. So um, he's, again, the opportunities that, that he's had, he's done a nice job with. And there's going to be more this week, hopefully. Um, and then we'll get into the, in the regular season. And at that point, you know, it's, again, he's going to see a lot of things for the first time that he hasn't seen. Um, but as those of us that have been around him, and I know you guys have been there a lot, he's pretty steady Eddie now. Yeah, I mean, he, he, is. Doesn't, he doesn't get rattled too much. Um, but um, so we're excited for him. We're excited for our football team, our offense to uh, kind of grow together and uh, kind of uh, you know see their progression this season. But you obviously have very little apprehension about the fact that not not only Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know. The big dog was 18 years in. Mason was 17 years in. Adrian 10. Dean 7. You know, Jerron had a bunch of years old. You, this thing really flipped into a very young team. Especially with Mason Crosby, another legend of the organization. Another guy that, okay, let's move on to a young leg and see how that works out. Yeah, I think there was a lot of factors that went into that. Uh, certainly, you have to understand where your football team is and where you're, and where you're going. And... The also the realization is we went through a COVID situation where we had a championship caliber football team and you know there were salary cap implications there that we did a lot of things to keep that team together and so as we were coming out of this there was just certain decisions we had to make it's always really hard to see guys like Mason Crosby leave because they've been true pro 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 pros pro and um, what they've meant to the organization. And, um, but at the same time, um, those are the decisions you have to make if you want to stay competitive. I don't know if it was George Young who said it first, but it is a young man's game, yes. Brian. It is a young man's game, and this is a very young game. And there's a whole lot of young talent that we can talk about that has uh, surrounded Jordan Love, and we're going to get to all of that and uh, a whole lot more on this Green Bay Packers 2023 season with the general manager of the Green Bay Packers, Brian Gutenkunst, our guest. And we're going to have much more from Narrow Bridge when the fifth quarter returns right after this time out. 
We now return to the fifth quarter. Live from Narrow Bridge, here are Mark Daniels and Matt Z. All right, welcome back as we are visiting with the general manager of the Green Bay Packers, Brian Gutekunst. Great to have him on board with us tonight. Gutekunst, though, you're killing me, man. You are killing me. Uh, you drafted last year Christian Watson. And it was in 1993 where Christian's dad was drafted by the Packers, Tim Watson. I covered that draft as a safety, obviously. <laughs> and today you signed Elijah Hamilton, who's the son of linebacker Ruffin Hamilton, who was drafted in 1994. You're taking kids, the guys I covered, Goody. Yeah. It's not helping me, man. And I, and I wasn't around then, so, I, you know. Yeah, I'm not going to blame you, but it's still. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. the bloodline seems to be working quite well with Christian. And we'll yes. see about the new linebacker you signed today. But you need a linebacker. Devondre's down. You need yeah. another body. That's yeah, it. you know, we get into this third preseason game, and, and what you worry about is numbers and things like that. And um, we work these guys. We work guys out every Monday and Tuesday. And uh, there's guys that, you know, they'll show something, and we'd like to give them a chance. So All right. we're excited about it. Tough for the kids. Got a week yep. to, to show it. But uh, let's go to the other son of a Palmer Packer and Christian. Uh, Man, I sure wish he would have been good from the get-go. But he had the work done. Uh, were you a little nervous about that decision to have that uh, that neat thing fixed, you know, right after the, the spring and you knew it might kind of retard the progress his rookie year? Yeah, you know, when young players get injured early, I, I'm like, you always worry about how that's going to slow them down. And it's just once that train starts moving, it's really hard to catch up when you're not in the meetings and every practice and exactly. the learning part of it. Um, so you do worry about that a little bit. At the same time, um, you don't want to prolong it because it's just going to, you know, hurt their career further. So you want to get those things done as soon as you can. But um, I will say this: when he came around, he sure he sure did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, kaboom! Uh, explosion uh, is, I think, his middle name. Yeah. I think he can offer. Just getting the top off of defense seemed to really fuel the whole offense down that last seven, eight games. It was a remarkable difference. Yeah, when you, when you have a guy like Christian with his speed and his ability, um, you know, every every team we play, they, they got to know where he is and they have to account for it because, you know, there's there's not a lot of guys in the National League that can that can beat you on one play, but he's he's one of them. And so um, when he's out there lined up, um, the defense has got to know where it, he is and they have, to, they have to give it the proper attention. Otherwise, he's going to hurt you, which opens up things for everybody else. It, just continuing with the speed, I mean, Watson and Dobbs, but then Reed coming in, another quick guy. Aaron Jones, of course, but then Musgrave at the tight end position. I was talking to one of your lieutenants, Lots John of Eric, at practice one day, and he's, this might be the fastest group. And Dallin Levitt told me, too, this is the fastest secondary group he's ever seen. Speed kills. You need it. Especially yeah. in today's NFL yeah. on offense. Yeah. It's all about speed, speed, yeah. speed at a bunch of different positions. You got to ask guys on the other had to chase them down. But, yeah, you're cognizant of that. You need. Absolutely. I think, you know, Sam Seal, who's got with us for a long Sam. time, he's he's an old he's an old Raider from the Ron Wolf days. But he says it every day we're in, in meetings, speed kills. That's <laughs> that's kind of his thing. And if, if, you, if you just study the history of the Raiders, you, you kind of know what that means. But. Um, I do think over the last couple of years, we just we weren't fast enough when we needed to get faster. And so that was certainly something um, we talked about. You know, it's a young man's game and those young legs out there. You, we can tell. I think the Patriots came in here and um, talking to some of their guys. That was one of the first things they said is, wow, you guys are fast. And um, so that was intentional. Um, but it's something where you always have to keep an eye on because those fast guys don't stay fast forever. Yeah, true. And, you know, on the other side, we talked about Romeo, too. The thing that strikes me most about Romeo so far this summer is that on a contested catch, you're not going to win. I mean, I've seen it at practice. 
We saw it on the 42-yarder. We saw it on the touchdown at Cincinnati. He's going up and getting it. Attack the ball, yeah. yeah. He's really attacking the ball. And so you are now, and I, and I know this was kind of the whole plan, but and you know you can, and you think you can win with this group right now, but the love, Watson, Dobbs, Adam Musgrave, who's running jet sweeps as a tight end, for God's sakes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that got a lot of run last yeah. week. Uh, but a core that can play now, and it's going to be a core that's going to be around for a while. That's the whole plan. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, um, you know, you want these guys to grow together, develop the relationship, and, and be here for a long time. That's certainly what um, we're looking at. Obviously, we're always going to bring in competition. Um, that's a very important uh, part of what we do is making sure that these guys are always, um, you know, feeling like they got to continue to be at their best. But um, it's a good group. We really like the makeup of the individuals, how they work, um, how they get over adversity. Uh, and they're going to, again, just like Jordan, they're going to see a lot of things this year. And, and, uh, but we really feel that they're talented and that they kind of have the kind of character and work ethic um, to become really good pros. My favorite part about the preseason so far is that Aaron Jones always plays one play and then just goes away. So <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, we're going to work him in the first play of the game. Ah, get to the sideline. Yeah, we one, know what you can do. One too many for me, but yeah, um, right? But he always wants to play. And, um, the, the cool thing about Aaron is, like, and, and you may not even notice it, but during – when he, you know, he he knows he's not going to get back in the game after that one play, um, but the way he celebrates and supports his teammates on the sideline is is just unreal. There's been you know celebrations with turnovers and touchdowns where he puts his helmet back on to run down and celebrate with his with his teammates. I just think that's really cool. I noticed that when he and Jamal came in together, and who was going to be the lead back, and who was and and and, and in talking to both of them for those first couple of years, they didn't give a bleep. You know what? Because they really rooted for each other. Because the success of the other means success for us all. And Aaron has never lost that. And now that transcends to, yeah, Keyshawn Nixon takes one back. He'll be the first one in the house with him. Yeah, I mean, he's been that way from day one. And when you meet his family and, and how he was raised, he's I mean, fantastic. you just, yeah, you really understand why. And um, he couldn't be a better ambassador for the Green Bay Packers than Aaron Jones. You mentioned with Jones, it's one too many plays for you. You just don't want him to get hurt. You know Anybody what you got have. got some bubble wrap? But yeah. with Jordan Love, a couple of plays against the Patriots, diving for a fumble, getting hit from behind on a slide, you know, a little late hit. Does that make you go, ooh, maybe maybe we oh, should yeah. get him out of there? Oh, yeah. but, <laughs> but the reward is is greater than the risk, right? Is that the balance? I think so. And, again, it's, I mean, you know, Jordan's at a – at a time in his career where he needs to play. We want to give this group the, the best chance to get, to get off to a good start in the season as we can. And we talked a lot about it um, through the summer and coming into the, to the year. I think regardless of you know, what transpired in the summer and who was going to – we were going to play our starters in the preseason a little bit just because we haven't come out of the gates like we've wanted to the last few years. But particularly with Jordan and this group together – um, we just feel they need it. You know, they need it to, to get to the point um, where we feel really good about what they're going to do. We needed to find out some answers as well, um, but they needed to, needed to grow together. Not the case for a David Bakhtiari or a Kenny Clark. I mean, guys, you know, that have been withheld, you know, from the preseason games for good reason. It's kind of the mad. It's kind of the big dog treatment, I call it. That worked spectacularly for Mercedes, okay, as a guy that's up in years, doesn't need to practice and bang every day. You need David for September 10th. You need Kenny Clark for September 10th. 
But then again, you do need Jordan and all these guys to get as many snaps as possible by September 10th. That's the thing. Yeah, 100%. I mean, and even the Mercedes and the Kennys, like, you know, they, they need to go through some practice and some hitting to sure. get the timing down. But if they get a little bit of that in the first game, that's okay. They're going to, that muscle memory is going to kick in and they're going to be okay. So. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, as, as much individual work as these guys need, it's really the, the group work, you know, on offense, defense, and special teams, the timing, how to play off each other. Um, I think that's really, really important. And uh, again, it's, it's a tough decision that Matt. Um, has to make with you know protecting our guys and getting them to the regular season, but also preparing them to be successful. Talk about the rookie quarterback Sean Clifford. What was it about him, his game, his makeup that made you excited to bring him in and make him a Packer? Yeah, certainly, Sean. He played a lot of football in college. Yeah, he had, you know, a lot of starts. Uh, very successful at Penn State. Actually, had gone through some adversity while he was there. Come out the other side. So we knew he had some mental toughness about him. Um, and then as we went through the process, we liked his skill set. We thought he was a really good athlete, good arm, um, accurate, could make plays with his legs. Um, but I think as we we delve more into the person, just his competitive nature, competitive spirit, um, he just we really felt that he had a chance that uh, to really develop as he got here because his work ethic was so strong and he had the kind of skills we were looking for. Seems fearless, too. Like he's he's not afraid to throw into windows where you might second guess, but he just gets it in there. And if, if he throws a pick, pick ticks or whatever it is, he oh, just bounces back. Lesson. Yeah, yeah. He you know, he just bounces yeah. back. And I think that goes a little bit like, again, he, he's been through some adversity in college before where, where things didn't go probably as well as expected at Penn State um, and come out to, you know, to win the Rose Bowl, be the Rose Bowl MVP. So I think he's been there before. So when those things happen, I just don't think it flusters him maybe as, as much as it does somebody else. But you, the one thing being around him on a day-to-day basis, he loves to play this game, whether it's practice, two-minute, whether it's in the games, whether it's in the joint practices. Like he loves being a football player, loves competing. And um, I think that's that's where that kind of passion comes from. A couple of other picks that have caught my eye, and they caught a lot of people's eye the other night too. Uh, you know, Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks uh, getting into a mix of a defensive line that really has Kenny back and a couple of youngsters around him now. Devontae White certainly has taken a jump, in my opinion. T.J. Slate and Jonathan Ford, but I noticed Wooden's feet right away, and I noticed Brooks' uh, fearlessness to go in and get into the chest of a, of a defensive line. Both of those guys have impressed me in those two different kinds of ways. Yeah, you know, and both those guys um, you really have linebacker athletic skill sets. They're just bigger men. They're not, yeah, they're not giant yep. Jonathan Ford types. Right, and, you know, and, and Carl really, you know, he's 305 pounds, but in college he stood up a lot as an outside backer and rushed a passer from in there, which was one of the things that drew us to him. We just we didn't realize he was going to take to the inside this quickly that he has. So we're excited about both those guys. You know, Colby played at Auburn, played in the SEC. Um, he had, you know, really good pass rush ability at that level, which translates very well to ours. So we're really excited about those guys. We're going to rely on those guys quite a bit, so they're going to have to be ready. Um, but that whole group is, is, again, is probably, along with our outside uh, group, is probably more athletic than we've been in a long yeah. time. Uh, you know, I just think, too, you know, Maybe the 49ers or the Commanders who have got eight, nine D linemen that rotate in, and it really makes a difference. When you can keep those guys fresh by, yeah. by ways, when you feel comfortable putting all those guys in the game, keeping the Kenny Clarks fresh and the Preston Smiths and the Rashawn Garys, um, that, that makes a big difference. 
Two other guys I want to talk about real quick before we take a break. Carrington Valentine. Let's start with him. Seventh round pick. Great story. Uh, yeah, really good story. Um, does not look like a seventh round pick at all. Yeah, you know, he was at Kentucky and had some things there that probably really probably should have been drafted higher. Um, but from the day we've got him, um, he's been nothing but aces for us, works hard. He's made a play every day. That's one of those things with rookies when uh, you get pretty excited when every single day. I remember Dobbs last year. Yeah. I mean, uh, even Aaron Rodgers said he's making a wild play every day at camp, but so is Valentine yeah. this summer. And um, so I think, you know, he, he continues to grow. Um, and he, he's just got a, a little bit of a fearlessness thing to him, too. He's just not afraid to uh, pull the trigger and break on something. And, uh, you know, he learned some lessons, I think, the other night that will serve say, him yeah, well. Yeah, he knows uh, when it's going to get called tight, yeah. you better be a little extra careful. A couple of penalties, but I'm fine with that. Yeah. That's also his game, though. I, I mean, agree. He's that sticky coverage kind of no guy. No problem yeah. with that. Yeah. No problem with that. I like him. Uh, and how do you uncover a guy like the – NFL preseason rushing leader across the league this year in Emmanuel Wilson. Yeah. You know, I give our scouts a lot of credit on wow. that. You know, those guys, they spend, you know, 180 days a year on the road and they're grinding all the time. And, you know, um, they get through the college season and come off the road in December, get a few weeks there around Christmas, and then we're right back at the All-Star Games and, and, and looking at these guys. And, and Emmanuel is a guy that came to us a little bit late in the process. Um, our scouts really uncovered him at the, at the All-Star Game. Um, and I think you saw again very raw, but had a, a bunch of talent. Um, you know, he was. We picked him up. We didn't get him. We tried to sign him right after the draft. We didn't. He was released. We picked him up right after that. And uh, you talk about a guy that's made the most of his opportunities. Um, six carries in that first game for 111 <laughs> yards. That's, I would say that's making the most of your He's opportunities. Got 174 yards in two weeks. Uh, I think 40 more than anyone else in the NFL after the first two preseason. Yeah, games. but is, as Lafleur said, he ran out of gas. I mean, you could tell he was just out of gas yeah. by the end of that game the other night. Uh, and he still. A long way from being the complete back that you need for the number three job. Pass receiving, pass protection, all those kinds of things. But he's fun to watch as a runner. And just another guy with a great story. I mean, his night that he has in Cincinnati on the 14th anniversary of his father passing. Yeah, that was good. To have that kind of a night and talking about, you know, he thought his dad was talking to him while he was on the field. You find out his dad used to call him Smurf. Like, what a great little twist and turn in a lot of these guys' backgrounds and stories. Yeah. That's, that's why your job's got to be fun. Well, and that's, I mean, you know, no matter where his career takes him, he'll never forget that for the rest of his life. Yeah, true. What well, a moment. Yeah, yeah, that was so. fun. All right, we've got a few more moments with the Packers. General Manager Brian Gutekus joining us tonight, and we will have more when we return to the Narrow Bridge right after this break. Welcome back to the fifth quarter, live from Narrow Bridge. Here are Mark Daniels and Matt Z. All right, welcome back, everybody. Hey, uh, don't forget, we've got all kinds of great door prizes to give away at the end of the show. Make sure you sign up in the box over there to uh, stage right. And, uh, of course, the folks from Robinson's are going to be, again, doling out a couple of tickets to the Packers and Seahawks nooner on Saturday. So uh, we'll give those away on here before we go. Again, thanks to Robinson's uh, for all they do for this show. It's been a fantastic marriage for a long, long time. Uh, and we also welcome aboard our in-kind contributors, New Era Hats. Got the new bucket hat tonight. And, uh, of course, carding coin, Packer City Antiques. Mike Ward, check over there on Ridge Road with the collectibles honoring GMs of the past. As we've got the GM of the present with us tonight, Brian Gutekunst. And we've talked a lot about personnel. Uh, you, on Friday when we talked to you, you said you, you don't want to rush opinions on players. You've got some tough calls coming a week from tomorrow. you got to get down to 53 plus 16, which is very beneficial, by the way. But you talked about that uh you just kind of are formulating the opinions, but 
you don't want to rush it right now. Yeah, Got a week to go. Right. I think you, you want to let all the guys have as many opportunities as they can uh, before you you know start making too many decisions. You can get a little bias that way. Uh, get a little recency bias or you know first impression bias, and I think so. I think it's important to just do the work and understand that each guy is going through a different process, and some guys get to their comfort zone a little earlier than others. Because um, when they get to their comfort zone with what they're doing, is when their talent really shows shows out. So, you know, again, we used to have four games, now we got three. So um, I just think it's important to try to give it as much time, um, and that's hard to do because you obviously you're evaluating the tape every single day. Uh, evaluating them in the building every single day, but um, it's uh, we have a good group of guys around us um, in, the, in the scouting department and the, and the coaches. And at the end of the day, as hard as those decisions are, it's about what's best for the Green Bay Packers. And I think everybody understands that. And then um, once you get to the other side of that and you move forward, it's a good feeling. What do you think about the joint practices with other teams? What what's kind of your thought process on those? Yeah, I've loved them forever. Um, obviously, we, we hadn't done a lot of it until recently. Um, I think it's an excellent way. Um, it's a, certainly a different intensity. Um, but it's, oh, yeah. But it's, last week was. Yeah, but it's, it's controlled for the most part. Uh, and the biggest thing is you allow your, your starting quarterback to get a lot of reps against another first-team defense, um, but you protect him. You know, he's not getting hit. Um, so I think that's really, really beneficial. Um, for your veteran players, you can kind of get really good work and then rest them in the game. You can let the young players really have the entire game to play, which is a better evaluation tool for us because that's really what you want to see. Um, so I, I love them. Um, you know, we did the one practice in, in Cincinnati. I think Matt really liked the one practice and not having the second carryover practice. That's where things can get a little heated because guys have been chirping and talking a little too much and um, whatever team kind of had the day, the first day, the, ne- the next day, the team comes out kind of for blood. So it's um, so we'll see. I think we'll continue to do them. This was the first time we left Green Bay to do yeah. one, and I thought it was a really, really a good for a football team. Cincinnati, by the way, that was a lot of fun. Uh, but it's it's the new normal for I think the NFL. This is not going to go away. It's going to be a part of every preseason, uh, especially with the elimination of that fourth game. Uh, the joint practices, as you said, are the way to really maximize reps and that's what this time of year is all about yeah i think you know when the guys go in a joint practice with those reps they're going against a guy they don't know and they don't know how they're going to attack him they've been practicing against each other for three four weeks they kind of know what those guys are and how to beat them they don't know these guys that well so i think it's a it's a better indication of how a guy um you know is going to compete in this league so again you've seen some canceled this week which is interesting so it'll be interesting how that trend goes but um, I don't see him going away anytime soon. All right. Do you prefer to just do it with one team, the two teams like you did this time around? Do you want to see it all the teams you're going to square off against in the preseason, kind of do it every week? or? Yeah, I think it probably a little bit depends on your football team yeah. and what you need. Uh, I like the two, you know, maybe not the, this week. The third week I think is getting a little too close and um, you want to make decisions and you know injuries and things like that mm-hmm. come into play. But I like, I like the two and particularly like going on the road. Um, that's a hard thing for us here in Green Bay because we go on the road, you know, our fans aren't able to see us here. Um, but as long as we have enough open practices for our fans, if we're able to leave for three or four days, I think it really helps our team get a little bit of a mini break um, and and go somewhere where they can kind of bond, where they're not, you know, there's all the family and things at home are it around. It sounds very preppy, but there's something to be said, even for professional athletes, to be holed up in a hotel and a ballroom mm-hmm. to have dinner together and just – 
It's a road trip, baby. It's, it's a road yeah. trip together, <laughs> and it's just how to conduct yourself on the road. All of the uh, everything else that goes with it, from the guys who handle your travel, is to get the practice thing out of the way. Yeah, I think it's you know it's it's going to dinner with guys you haven't gone to dinner with before. It's uh, um, there's just a, there's more dead time, and and those guys all of a sudden you see guys playing dominoes or cards. Which used to be normal before cell phones and all the different things that are now, but um, I, I think it gave our, our, our team a little bit of chance to grow and, um, and and just experience something different together. So Brian, uh, here we go. Uh, we're a couple of weeks away. You got the Seahawks, obviously, in one more. You got to get the roster down, uh, and I know you love the 16-member practice squad. That's really huge, especially the post-COVID flexibility rules, which haven't gone away. That's so advantageous for you guys. Yeah, it really changes your entire mindset. It it's like it's really more of a 69-man roster yeah, now. I, and uh, for us this year, 70, because Kenneth, we oh, get the yeah, international player. We, we haven't talked about yeah, him. We get He's to keep, the pathways kid from Nigeria. Unbelievable story there. We get to keep him all year, so that's an extra player. Um, but, you know, with the ability to elevate these guys, um, you know, three times, uh, two guys per game, um, it really does open your mind to, okay, these guys on the practice squad, a lot of them, they're 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 going to play. And yeah. They're going to be part of your football team. Uh, they're not just developmental guys. Um, so how we manage the roster um, through that, it, it really does change your thinking. Hoping against the Bears in Chicago, September 10th. What a fantastic way to start a season. Yeah. No. Division rival, Love v. Fields, so much into it. Uh, great way to get this thing going for you. Yeah, no, I mean – Obviously, the best robbery in, in, it's the best in all of the, in the NFL. NFL. It's the best game in the NFL. Yeah. Don't tell me anything different. Yeah. Not when there's 200 plus of them. Right, and I think it's just, you know, obviously we got a new a new team. It's exciting, um, and uh, you know, going down there to open the season um, is always a treat. What will, other than the wins and losses, obviously, what do you think will make this a successful? bunch for you guys what's got to happen how do you define it yeah, yeah. Uh, you know i think that's uh that's one of those things i'm not i think for us it's all about winning and yeah. getting in the playoffs and have a shot and win a super bowl i don't think that will ever change um you know at the end of the day there's only one team out of 32 that probably feels real successful um, but that's the nature of the business and that's in in green bay wisconsin we don't hang banners for anything else but championships so um that's really all we're really focused on i think you know, when you get through a season, you look back, and, you, and hopefully your team has gotten better each week and, and learned and, and grown um, individuals as long as your units and, and offense, defense, special teams. But at the end of the day, um, this is about winning, and um, I don't want to ever put a ceiling on our football team. No, I don't, I don't blame you. you. You have to. This is such a cutthroat, competitive, ridiculous yeah. business you're in. I mean, and the bottom line is the bottom line. But I sense uh, a very unique sort of enthusiasm around this team from the fan base from within the organization there's just a freshness about it and i don't want to pin it all on the number 12 cloud that was overhanging this franchise for the last couple of years for a variety of reasons but i, I think you can sense it too there's an energy there's a there's a kind of unbridled young enthusiasm of guys who may not know better but let's go and see what we can do yeah, I think there's there's opportunities for players that have been with us for a little while that they haven't had. I think everybody's really excited for that. Um, there's a bunch of new faces that people are really excited about that. And I think um, it's just a lot of guys that, that I think are coming into, this is our time. And I think that's exciting, and I think that's contagious. And I think some of the younger players that are coming in feel that as well. And, um, again, I think we just there's just more opportunities for those players than there have been in the past. 
Well, it is your time, and Brian, I can't thank you enough for uh, taking some time uh, out of a very busy camp and all that sort of thing. It was great to have you back yeah. up here with us tonight. I really appreciate the invite, and it's always a pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Packer General Manager, Brian Gunnikoos. <laughs>